Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. I'm a big romantic, but I don't think I expect it to happen to me. I'm able to read it and look at it objectively. I don't yeah. think it's real. People go into it not necessarily thinking that it's real, but there's something in the fantasy that triggers something in the brain. So the result is whether you believe it or not, it does impact your wiring. And there are a couple of people out there, Nathan Goshel and Annette Simmons, who both write about this. Fiction tends to impact the brain in a way that nonfiction doesn't. You tend to read with certain... With another part of your brain your barriers down and when it reaches the emotions is when it becomes a lot more impactful what connects us all in our very human existence is story not only does it connect us to each other but it also connects us to our insecurities and to our reality Mm -hmm. so you tell yourself a story Mm -hmm. to explain other people's actions towards you so everything is a story we tell our birth stories we tell every everything is sort of is within that package the reason i became vivian winslow was because I was recognizing how damaging some of the stories were becoming. Had already they already were, but it was it was reaching mass consciousness. First, it was Twilight. And then it was Fifty Shades. It doesn't surprise me that it sort of it had reached that level of global fame because we were still cycling through subconsciously as a collective, cycling through the story. Okay, explain. Well, when we become aware of a concept or an idea, when an issue surfaces and people become very aware, very upset, it's because, okay, it's fine. We can finally deal with it as a collective. The first thing in order for us to recognize that it needs changing is we want to see it for what it is. So it's kind of like how it works in... For my, my own personal journey, I guess, mm-hmm. every toxic story I told myself, every toxic mm-hmm. belief I had mm-hmm. needed to be made aware to me exactly, so that I could process it and then let it go and exactly. know that it wasn't real. Exactly. So that's basically, as I did it on a personal level, society does it on a societal level. Precisely. So okay. you have people circling or cycling through these, these yeah. loops and they're doing it individually. The moment that it's ready for release is when it becomes part of collective consciousness. So Fifty Shades of Grey comes up. Yeah. And because... Because I read it on my Kindle, all of a sudden I had all these recommendations. I had downloaded a sample and I couldn't believe what I read. I thought, that's abuse. I read, I downloaded another sample. Again, not realizing what they yeah. were. You know, you're just samples on your Kindle. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, he's raping her. And I was like, this isn't sexy. This isn't love. This isn't romance. And that's just when it clicked. That's what I started to notice the connections between bad romance and dysfunctional relationships. What was up with all of those stories between Twilight and Fifty Shades were people having to process institutionalized misogyny and sexism that they've experienced and abuse time and time again, lifetime after lifetime. People were saying that they found it sexy or that it fed the fantasy it meant that they were still locked in that old story. And so I decided to become Vivian Winslow and write a different type of romance because I kind of felt it was time to inject healthier dynamics among the romance tropes that were existing. Because obviously Fifty Shades wasn't the first. Twilight was born out of these old romance tropes that have existed for decades, which is fascinating. It was almost like we were healing Mm. every trope through these stories. Well, you can break it down. I mean, I'm going to use Fifty Shades as an example. It's every trick in the book in one 
book. It is. He's got all the money in the world, so you don't yes. have to worry about working, right? And she's the virgin. We have to she, come back to the virgin. She's. It's, so it's, it's actually really important that she's the virgin. Very important. Because, in fact, if you go to the book, that's what changes his image of her. Because mm-hmm. he has to have sex with her normally before he can do any of the kinky stuff. And that's when he falls for her, because she's different, because she's a virgin. So you've got that stereotype in there. Then you've got the fact that here's a man who's very, very damaged and can be fixed by the love of a pure woman. A lot of the stuff he does in the book is emotional abuse. It's controlling. It's coercive control. It is. And he's a narcissist. He's buying companies (laughs) that she works at and firing the men that hit on her. Yes. And stalking as a romantic gesture? No. Sexualizing the power control dynamic between the genders. Completely. Which a lot of romance does. Actually, what we've learned and what anyone who's been listening to our podcast has learned from my journey, from everyone's stories around them, is that really the only way to have a healthy relationship is to have a healthy relationship with yourself first. Yes. But in all these books, Someone else is healing them, mm-hmm. or they're just not getting healed at all. So it's it's dysfunctional from the start, but somehow at the end, there are these happy endings. The H-E-A in mm. romance speak, which is the happily ever after. One of the most damaging concepts to come out of fairy tales. So all the things that actually I personally think are really important in a relationship are just fundamentally missing from these stories. There's no equality. There's no friendship. There's no partnership. There's no genuine emotional connection. If we put it together, what you were saying, which is people read stories, and regardless of whether whether you know them to be real or not, your brain is almost rewiring to believe that it's possible. Like, unless you're reading it with disgust every two seconds, that's how it's going to be. So, But rarely are you. No, because you're into a story, otherwise you just won't read it. Exactly. You know, we've discussed this a lot with the archetypes. Everything's kind of falling away, right? Mm -hmm. The more conscious we become, the more aware that we are that we have lived in a pretty messed up world. Again, we've normalized it, but we've normalized it through stories through yeah. our history it's really from the beginning of time yeah we've always used stories to do that now we look at these kind of books and we go that's not how i want to be loved and that's surely not how i'm going to be loved well that's not love it's some version of it it's often a perversion of it and that's why i think the word romance has to go do you think romance in general has to go yes i just think that well in a nutshell romance has become a formula it's gifts it's words it's prescribed actions. We think, okay, by doing these things, this person is going to know that I feel this way. And then therefore I should be hopefully guaranteed this type of response, right? That's sort of the equation. I wrote this article called Romance Must Die because I think that it's really a prescription for misery. If we live with this idea that love is contrived because that's what it is it's contrived love i show x that i love them by buying them flowers rather than oops i forgot that she actually got really bad hay fever and actually just turned up on time for a date instead (laughs) exactly anything that you do to express your feelings for somebody that is heartfelt as opposed to coming from the mind because that to me is what romance is it's a sort of dictated set of guidelines in which people who want to court or date or want something from somebody else that they do and so for me holding on to romance in a story romance and action is just further hindering us from real love relationships a real love relationships as we've said in previous episodes is about connection Mm -hmm. and partnership and that comes from the heart say a lot oh it's from the heart not the mind i was like what is she saying (laughs) and then i kind of understood it in my own way okay which is it's the difference between nice and kind as a kid you're told be nice be nice to this person this is what you do to be nice this is how you are nice Mm -hmm. and so you're given these formulas you've given these prescriptions on what nice is and then kind 
is when you feel something and you react to someone from a place of caring, but from your heart in the sense that like, it's genuine, genuine emotion. It's coming from a place of genuine emotion rather than uh, almost acting. And I think that's kind of when you say coming from romance, coming from the mind and the heart, I could be with a guy and be like, well, society tells me that in order to show him that I care about him, I must cook him dinner. Right. Make myself very available. For women, yeah. there's always that lesson of yeah. you need to be very available. It doesn't matter that he's a five-star Michelin chef and really I shouldn't be cooking fucking anything. <laughs> you know, and actually, if I want to show him that I care, it's maybe doing the washing up. Right. You know? <laughs> Sometimes, just say how you feel. Sometimes we assume that other people know how we feel. Mm-hmm. A little bit of, I really like that you came over tonight and I had a fun time with you, goes a lot more than I bought some flowers. Without judgment. You like romance. I don't judge you for it. I don't judge anyone for that. I merely want to hold up a mirror and say, consider why. And consider its impact. If you are unhappy in your marriage or in a relationship, or if you're not in a relationship, what is it that you're deriving from, from what you're reading? Because we need a new foundation. As long as it's there, we're still going to be reaching back. It still informs our actions and our expectations. The old paradigm of dating does not work anymore. And a big part of why the old paradigm of dating doesn't work anymore, men and women's roles are different in society. Therefore, romance doesn't work anymore. It still serves to inform our expectations. Whether we realize or not, I think some of it is still unconscious. But I think the way through it is to understand that love is ultimately a choice. That relationship and Everything is an expression of who you are and how much you love yourself, right? It's all in how you relate to yourself. Love doesn't control you. One thing about romance is that it somehow takes over. In these books, I couldn't help myself. And it doesn't work that way. Love isn't love does not possess. Normally you can't help yourself when you're tapping into a part of your shadow that probably needs to be tended to separate from someone else. Precisely. And actually, these romance books are romanticizing that and saying, you don't need to tap into your shadow. Oh, no. Because someone else is going to come along and fix it for you. Or match that shadow. Then you guys can be broken together. Yeah. And that'll make for hot sex. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, and whatever connection you have, the hot sex comes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you won't be able to help yourself. You're going to be open to however he brings it. Yeah. Because you will experience pleasure you've never experienced before. Because it's out of your hands. I was thinking about this today. If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Mm -hmm. And I have like an issue with that. Because not only everyone just is, so you aren't at your best, your worst at any time. Well, there's always room for someone to improve on themselves. Mm-hmm. So expecting someone just to love you at your worst, they can still love you, but it doesn't mean that you need to stay that way. No, and God knows they don't have to like you at that no. point either. That's my question too, is yeah. that so we say love is a choice, sex is a choice, and there's no rules, but how do we do that? Trusting. Trusting that we are deserving of love. And love in the way in which we believe love is. Which is unconditional. It's unconditional acceptance. Because so many of us aren't there yet. We think that, well, romance will teach me that I'm valuable to someone. They're going to show me. Because we don't believe that ourselves. So what you're saying is that the reason why a lot of us get really into romance is because it's kind of a way of seeing how, oh, well, in this book, he did this and I know that he cared about her. So if this boy does this for me in reality, I know that he cares about me. Mm-hmm. So in a way, we're using romance like a instruction guide Absolutely. on how to love. Absolutely. But because the instruction guide itself is whack, 
Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> then we're all learning how to love in a fucked up way. And so really we need to throw out the instruction and then write a new one. We're all walking around going, we have an instruction manual of what love is. And it's built on the archetypes of what a man is and what a woman is and what sex is and what desire is. And so we know that it's right because in these manuals, there's always a happily ever after. So we follow these books Absolutely. because we all want the happily ever after. We're we think we've been given it. the instruction manual slash recipe book Precisely. for love and happily ever after. Absolutely. It's not just doing women a disservice. Not at all. It's almost doing men just as much a disservice. They're positioning men in ways in which that's what's attractive. He has to be powerful and rich. So what about the and normal And controlling. Guy? And controlling, of course. He's not and allowed to have emotions. No. And he has to want me. He's got to pick me out of the sea of choices he And really has. go for me, like, you know, <laughs> make it really clear all the time that I am, like, the only one in his line Well, of like a stalker. Yeah. But because he's going to love me, it's not the same as stalking. Yeah, which yeah. Which is so not true. It's basically, if there's a happily ever after, which I guess goes back to unrequited love and goes back to all of them. Yes. If there's a happily ever after then it doesn't matter what happened before because it was worth it. It erases all that. There's myriad personalities out there of men who would make great partners but aren't necessarily ever considered where people are maybe swiping left, not right, because the perception that romance perpetuates of what makes a guy attractive. Yeah, Romance has died and in its wake steps up. People who are... Open. Open. Honest. Vulnerable. Who can see themselves fully and therefore recognize the love potential in somebody else. And there's no weird power dynamics. No. It could be that on the surface, it looks like a very traditional kind of setup. But it really has to do with how you're connecting and how you're really operating within that partnership. The men and women looking to perpetuate that unequal power dynamic of domination, subordination. Why don't we try something a bit different? Mm -hmm. Let's try partnership. Let's try two people meeting on equal footing, Mm -hmm. liking each other the same amount not one actively chasing the other one more than put in the same amount of effort, get the same out. And as a result, they're the ones that are having hot sex because they're actually listening to each other. And let's find connection, not let me contort myself for you. I have tried the romantic route. I have tried the pain gets erased when you get to a happily ever after. Side mm-hmm. note, never does. I have tried the weird power control dynamics. Not good. I've been wined and dined and not really felt what I needed to feel with that person. The only connections I've really enjoyed with people are the ones when we actually just connected as two human beings. Absolutely. And everything about our interactions were far better because of it. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that wouldn't have happened had I subscribed to all the rules and that romance has fed me throughout my life. I think it's about finding our own HEA inside of us, what's going to make us happy ever after, which has nothing to do with somebody else. But again, it's how we choose to live our lives. And I subscribe to the sort of happy for now, not going to worry about tomorrow, whatever is down the line. It's also knowing that your happily ever after might be different to someone else's. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then that's okay too. Yeah. And I think that's what romance does, is it strips away our autonomy and it our does. choice. Because we're all meant to like the same things. And then actually we don't. No. And while some people might really like romance, some people might like something else. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. 